Hello and welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where we go back in time and randomly select a movie to give our uneducated opinions about. We've been working through the year of 1980. It's been really, really good. We've been learning a lot about people. There's a lot of people in the world. I am one of those people. I'm your host for this episode, co-host for this episode. My name is Gabe Whitehurst. Sitting in front of me is a legend. Um... That's really all there is to say about him. No, no, keep going. Uh, the, uh, he's a legend. Uh, he's very attractive. Oh, um, yeah. He's got, he's got huge muscles, as you can hear. <laughs> His name is... My name is Matt Morris. Matt Morris, everyone. So we're back again. We haven't, um, we haven't been in the studio in like three weeks. Three yeah, it's been weeks. a while. We, um, had, we had a nice backlog of episodes, but now we, we've got to get back to work. We ha- you were uh, gone. You were in a different state. I was. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, I was. State. I was. I did go out of state. I don't know if you wanted was, to say what like, state it was. It was like an hour away in New yeah. Jersey. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you were gone, and we had stuff going on on the weekends. Had a wedding to go to. Yeah. Uh, so we've been busy, but now we're back on it. Uh, we just, last episode would have been Raise the Titanic, which was awful. Yes, yes but it was. But we're getting to some good movies now. Yeah, we're so, getting to some good stuff. Yeah. We, we had a pretty good, I have like a half and half this weekend of, of the mm-hmm. things we watched. My, yeah. my score is interesting okay all right um hey guess what what we got some reviews all right we got some itunes reviews so thank wa- goodness i wanted to thank these people uh ldir82 thank you for your kind words chroma key 83 trip k thank you uh young boy with a lot of u's in there why u u u u u n g it's a hot rapper name yeah right i thought that was kind of young boy young boy i thought that was kind of cool and then yeah. uh, nerds with words so mm-hmm. thank you for your kind reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Please keep those coming. If you've reviewed us on other uh, avenues that I haven't noticed, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll find those and get, get to you. Yeah, and, and one thing I want to say about iTunes reviews is they help more than you know. Yes. Uh, there's an algorithm that, that will put us on certain pages. It'll put us on related pages if we get reviews. So if you don't have a Mac account or whatever. It takes five minutes to make one. You can use your Gmail. Then it literally takes a minute. You can just type, you can put five stars, whatever nickname you want. The title can be blah. And then you can say, (laughs) you guys are cool. And that would really help us out. So if you've been listening regularly and and you feel compelled to do that, please do so. It's really going to help us. And another thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into the movie, I just wanted for the first time listeners, kind of just go back over what we've been doing. Um, so Rewind Cinema, like we said, is a podcast where we go back in time. Um, we take a year in cinema history that we randomly select. And then for every month in that year, we were going to randomly select one movie that was released. And then we're just going to talk about it. We're going to go through the beats of the story, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and I think that makes us a little bit different than a few, a couple, you know, a thousand yeah. podcasts that exist yeah. about film and TV. So, and if you've been listening, you realize that some of those movies are utterly terrible, and we've we've had to uh, review them, even though you know we may we may realize like, oh my gosh, this wasn't a popular movie, but mm-hmm. um, it's been fun to talk about, especially those things that I've never heard of. This, this, you know, just doing this has opened my eyes to a lot of stuff I haven't seen. So, uh, I, I do. I think you're right. I think that sets us apart, and people. Even if they haven't seen movies, it might be hard to follow along sometimes. But I think overall, people like just listening and, and listening to us talk about it and yeah. ho- hopefully laughing with us at some of these bad and good movies. <laughs> yeah, and and we're going from uneducated to slightly educated, you know, so we're, we're making progression. <laughs> Speak for yourself, 
Um, okay, so you know how we, you just mentioned this, Raise yeah. the Titanic was last episode. Yeah. Did you hear about this this week? Did somebody raise the Titanic? No, no one raised the Titanic. Oh, okay. You can now sign up to take tours of the Titanic crash site. That sounds horrifying. Okay, I was going to ask you in a second <laughs> if you would do this. Okay, no. so th- there's a company called Blue Marble Private. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just going to read this from CNN. The eight-day journey sets off from Newfoundland, Canada, and will transport visitors in a titanium and carbon fiber submersible to the mighty vessel's final resting place more than two miles below the surface of the Atlantic. So it's only 12,000 feet, Matt. You know, um, I, I can't imagine many things that I would want to do less than go to the Titanic. Are you a claustrophobic person? Not necessarily, but when there's a million, billion gallons of I water know. around me and I could get destroyed at any time <sighs> by the that's ocean. That's what I was going to say, is that the pressure, like, not, not the pressure, but literally the pressure of doing it. Yeah. Around this The emotional little, pressure. No, the, not that. The physical pressure. The actual <laughs> pounds of water just waiting to m- just kill you. Yeah. 12,000 no. feet. So here's Count the... Count me out. How much, do you, how much do you think it costs? Ooh, are you going to give me like a hot and cold? Or am I just going to uh, get one guess? Uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say it costs $15,000 to uh, get. You're freezing cold there. Uh, am I over or under? Under. Oh, my goodness. It costs... One hundred and five thousand one hundred and twenty nine dollars per person. No. Yes. Wow. I can think of a lot of things I would rather do with that much money. Yeah. Go visit the Titanic. I've seen the movie. Yeah. I've seen pictures. I need to go to the the bottom of that ocean and 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 possibly die. Agreed. Um, Mike Cuban might go, or you know, Mark Cuban. Did I say Mike Cuban? You said Mike Cuban. <laughs> I don't know who that is. But, uh, you know, he might he's go. You're Mark's right. brother. <laughs> he's my, yeah. <laughs> um, so apparently there was a company that used to do this from, from like 2005 to 2012 called Deep Ocean Expeditions. Mm-hmm. They only charged 59000 per person, which is still a ton of money. But mm-hmm. that's, this is almost double that. Maybe this new company is safer. I don't know. I, so the, the old company, they said it takes 10 to 12 hours to complete the dive. Two hours to get down, two hours to get up, and you're spending six hours. I just couldn't do it. No, no I way. couldn't do that. that I, is I would sooner go to space. Oh, I would not. No. Yeah, nope. I would sooner go to space. <laughs> Haven't you seen Alien? There's things that happen there. I've seen Magic School Bus where he takes his <laughs> helmet off and freezes to death. <laughs> it's a great episode. Oh my gosh! Anyway, I've also seen Aliens or Alien. I don't think I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I just want to talk about that because I was like, "Well, we just we just reviewed this movie, so now yeah. now if you uh, if you're super rich and you have you know just tons of time on your hands, if I'm ever super rich, I will pay you to go to do it for there. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and if you're gonna pay Snapchat me to do it, it, then I might do it and <laughs> Snapchat it. Um, yeah, you've been watching anything lately? Uh, yeah, I uh, I watched. I don't feel at home in this world mm. anymore on netflix a looks, few weeks ago it looks interesting you know it's gonna be about a month ago at this point but i mean i really enjoyed it people compare it to blood simple which is coen brothers oh first know that. feature okay which i think is fair it has a similar tone it's very coen brothers in its vibe it's um it's about real people but in extreme circumstances that pretty much nobody deals with and it's kind of dark and fun um, cool. And all the acting was solid. Elijah Wood was hilarious. I really only had one gripe with the movie, which is like, why did Elijah Wood even want to help the lead girl? And I don't know. You'd have oh, to watch yeah. it to understand. Yeah, what he I'm like thinking. sympathizes with her cause and helps her. Yeah, uh, 
there, there... there's not enough there but it was right. after that it was interesting fun i highly recommend it it's on netflix cool cool you uh yeah i watched i told you i watched sicario the other night oh yeah dude you liked it right oh my gosh yeah i thought it was cra- i mean the story at the end i don't know if it's satisfying or not but just the the physical beauty the visual beauty of that movie yeah um it's really, really unsettling too. There's this 20 minute sequence in Juarez. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly. It's it's like early, and uh, it's so it's just creepy. It's a very creepy tone and visually stunning, and it's it's scary because these things are you know I don't know if it's real. I mean, I'm assuming yeah, I'm assuming things like this happen all the time. But there's this shootout on the border basically, mm-hmm. and on this crowded highway of all these people re-entering the U.S. and it's just like this is happening next door. It's just very, very it's creepy, but Benicio mm-hmm. del Toro is incredible. Mm-hmm. Emily Blunt is great. Everyone's good in that movie. I've always heard good things. I just never saw it, but yeah. it has Daniel Kaluuya in it. Yes, I was going to say Kaluuya. it has your boy. Yeah, your boy, boy from uh, Get Kaluuya. Out. So I might yeah. have to check it out. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah. So I watched that. I watched Captain Fantastic the other day. Oh yeah, the Viggo Mortensen movie. Really, really good. Funny, touching. Yeah. Um, I heard and, that you watch it for Viggo, though, right? Isn't that kind of uh, like it's so? Okay, yeah, I mean, but... he's great, but well. His his kids are great too. Yeah, the, he has like six or seven kids in that movie. And nice, um, go Vigo. It's really funny. He raises his family up in the woods in Canada or something, and just to see them come down to civilization, their their mother passes away, and they have to try to go to her funeral. And yeah, it's a it's just really it's a neat concept. And then finally, uh, older movie. I was in Jersey and we watched Get the Gringo. It's a Mel Gibson movie that didn't. It sort of got released and disappeared really quickly. Mm-hmm. It was so good, dude. I'd never heard of it. It was awesome. Like, please watch it. It's classic Mel Gibson. Okay. He, he kind of w- went crazy there for a while, and then I think this was one of the earlier. Mo- he made this before. I mean, he might still be crazy. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> he probably is. But uh, I used to. I grew. I grew up watching, you know, Lethal Weapon, and just yeah. loved his older movies. And so it was. Um, it's fantastic. Like, I. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. Cool, man. So thanks watch for it. the wreck. I think it's for, it's on Netflix right now. So. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so. On to business, Matt. Today yes. we are discussing um, a very, very big film in cinema history. This was released September 19th, 1980. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Ordinary People. Oh, I can see you there. What do you think? It's fine. Rollins used to have such great full scotch pines, and they all look like skeletons this year. Hi. What do you think? Very nice. What's wrong? Why don't you ask him what's wrong? Then maybe you won't have to hear it from Carol Lazenby. Your what? Dad, I quit the swim team. What? Carol thought I knew. Of course, why wouldn't I? It happened over a month ago. Quit? When? Where have you been every night? Nowhere, around, the library mostly. Why didn't you tell us, Connie? I don't know. I didn't think it mattered. What do you mean? Why wouldn't it matter? Of course it matters. No, that was meant for me, Calvin. What was meant for you? It's really important to try to hurt me, isn't it? Don't you have that backwards? Oh, and how do I hurt you? By embarrassing you in front of a friend? Poor Beth. She has no idea what her son is up to. He lies and she believes every word of it. I didn't lie. You did. You lied every time you came into this house at 6.30. If it's starting all over again, the lying, the covering up, the disappearing for hours, I will not stand for it. I can't stand it. I really can't. Well, don't then. Go to Europe. 
Connie, now Connie. Well, the only no, reason Connie, she cares, now. the only reason she gives a fuck about it Connie. is because someone else knew about it first. Just stop it, Connie. No, stop you tell it. her to stop it. You never tell her a goddamn thing. And I know why she never came to the hospital. She's busy going to goddamn Spain and, and goddamn Portugal. Why should she care if I'm hung up by the balls out there? Maybe this is how they sit around and talk at the hospital, but we're not at the hospital now. You never came to the hospital. Honey, how do you know about the hospital? Come to the hospital? Now, you know that she did. She had the flu, and, and she couldn't come inside, but she came yeah, to the well, hospital. Yeah, well, she wouldn't have had any flu if fuck was in the hospital. She would have come if fuck was in the hospital. Fuck never would have been in the hospital. That's enough. That is enough. All right, so this is a movie that, growing up, I remember any time it was referenced. For some, I have a vivid memory of my mom going, ooh, Ah, ordinary people. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Recently or back in the uh, day? Just back in the day. Oh, okay. I, I, but I don't know, like, because as cinema came into my consciousness growing up, yeah. you would hear about ordinary people. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, or I, I would, and my mom. there's good reason for it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It. My mom would, I just remember her, I guess she watched it and was, you know, thought it was a tough movie. It is. It's a yeah. sad movie. But, yeah, that's like the weird memory I have of this movie. And so I've always been curious, why is she, ooh, ah, hmm. Yeah, it's a tough subject. I mean, especially for, you know, middle Americans, you know, like it, it's something that could happen to you. And it's, you know, it, how do you deal with what happens in the movie? Sure. If, you, if you've never seen the movie, basically, uh, like an older brother in this family passes away and it's the family kind of disintegrating, essentially. Yeah. Uh, throughout the course of the film, it's very Arthur Miller. Feels Very. like it could be a play that Arthur Miller wrote. One hundred percent. And and also, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I got Donnie Darko vibes like crazy in this movie. I think it's just uh obviously a different tone. Different but... tone. Um and also uh Timothy Hutton as a young actor who I absolutely love. He kinda looks like Jake Gyllenhaal he does. and Donnie Darko in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The hair is all messy, he's like young and angsty and uh-huh. yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I got that vibe. So breaking down the cast. Mm-hmm. I guess Donald Sutherland, uh, Kiefer's, yeah. Kiefer's daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, good to see him looking fresh in this movie. He's younger. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. Young guy, yeah. He's a great actor. I've always loved him. He's for great our, in this movie. For our younger listeners who um, <laughs> don't watch a lot of movies, he is President Snow in The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's not the only thing you know him from. Yeah, I mean, he was in Rain Over Me. He was in MASH for a long time. Yes. Italian job. He's been in a ton of stuff. Cold Mountain. He's, he's one of those guys like Emmett Walsh later yes. who was in when, everything. He was know? in When Time Ran Out. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. He was in Raise the Titanic. Raise the Titanic. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the submarine operators yeah. who didn't get crushed to death. <laughs> but he's in everything. So. Yeah, you'd recognize him if you saw him. He's yeah. one of those actors. Uh, I thought it was interesting that we drew this movie. Mary Tyler Moore stars in it, and she passed this year. So two months ago, right? January. Yeah, not long ago. Very recently. Um, I think she considered this kind of the one of the major works of her career. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic in the movie. So good for the role. Um, uh, Timothy Hutton, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. who is one of my favorite actors. Have you seen Beautiful Girls? No. You need to watch Beautiful Girls. Okay. Uh, very young Natalie Portman steals mm-hmm. the show, but he's great. It's just a good. Yeah, I I, I look through his stuff and I I've never really watched anything that he's been in. Yeah, uh, the Falcon and the Snowman. He's his, his show Leverage is really big. He, he's been in a lot, but he's not a star star. Yeah. Um, but he's a great actor. And uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth McGovern, who if mm-hmm. uh, again if if you're listening and you're anything like my mother, you'll know her as Cora from Downton Abbey. Oh, okay. She's always like, oh oh, Robert. She has a very small mouth, Robert. This was her first uh, big first, shot, first movie. Yeah. Um, Adam Baldwin. 
Adam Baldwin. Hey, Linderman. <laughs> Linderman. My bodyguard. Two episodes ago. Yes. Uh, again, he's... Who was excellent in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, and then um, one of my other sort of lesser-known favorite actors, Judd Hirsch, who was mm-hmm. in Taxi. Yeah. Um, he's the... Also very good. Kind of the crazy dad in Independence Day. He's Jeff Goldblum's dad. Yeah. Uh, he's it's so, a very distinct look. Yeah. You know? Di- he's so good in this movie. Yeah, though. it's very um, good. Yeah. Uh, as far as budget goes, six million dollars estimated, and uh, the estimated gross is about fifty-five million dollars. Score did very well. Uh, Oscar season, you know, people rush to see everything. Uh, all the kind of better movies, quote unquote, come around around the end of summer, you know, into fall. So that makes sense. Trivia: Michael J. Fox auditioned for the role of Conrad. I thought that was really interesting because I feel like he would not have been able to do the same things that. Hutton did. No, I agree. I mean, uh, I love just, Michael J. I know, but... I love him too, but I don't think that he would have fit the role properly. Yeah. And there was a ton of other uh, trivia about this movie, mostly like people dying around the same time as people filming this stuff and whether yeah. or not they use that for motivation. Like Mary Tyler Moore's uh, son. Step- son? son, son or stepson, son, and her sister or something passed she had away. Two at the same time? family members die within the same. While they were filming. Uh, time of... Oh, that's that's nuts. Yeah. So. And Timothy Hutton's uh, brother or dad? I think it was his father. Died. So, yeah. Right an, before an they started filming. Yeah. So Stuff like that. Interesting. And then also this really petty one that I thought was hilarious. I have a funny one, too. I wonder if it's the same it's one. It's probably the same one. It'll make sense later. But Janine called Conrad a tenor, but he's a baritone. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody I, put that in the trivia. I didn't write that down. Okay. Um, but I actually thought that. There's a scene where he sings, yeah. and I was like, he's not a tenor. That's whatever. <laughs> he's just practicing. Uh, I have a funny one. I don't know if this is Hollywood lore or anything. Yeah. Uh, this was in the IMDb trivia. Mm-hmm. Richard Dreyfus was originally considered for the role of oh, yeah. the psychiatrist, which is played by Judd Hirsch. But when Robert Redford, who directed this film, mm-hmm. when he called him uh, to talk about it, Dreyfus answered the phone and said, I can't talk to you right now. I'm having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> and he hung up the phone, which is great. Uh, yeah, I wonder what it was. If that's not true, I don't care. It's Maybe great... he didn't want to talk to him, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, but I, I want to start doing that in my life. Yeah. Just, I've had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I'll have to get back to you. But I thought that was hilarious. So uh, This movie won four Oscars. Best Picture, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, which was Timothy Hutton, uh, and Best Screenplay Based on Another Medium, and then Best Director, Robert Redford. Okay. Yeah, it is based on a book. If you it is, yeah. know that. Which apparently is very graphic and violent yeah. and sexual, so it's banned in a lot of you know high school libraries. Yeah, apparently it's got it's just a lot. I don't know if it's darker, but it's just definitely way more graphic, which is weird, like sexually yeah. graphic. Yeah. Which is, I was glad that they didn't take it that way in the movie because I, I don't know if it's necessary to the story. Like yeah. The, no, I don't think so either. Um, at least in the movie. In the book, it might be, but yeah. anyway. Ratings, Rob, uh, Robert. Uh, Ebert gave it a four out of five. So one of his higher ratings we've seen so far. Rotten Tomatoes, 90%. And then IMDb gave it a 7.8. Score. Does very well. Accurate of uh, how I feel about it as well. I like it. I like it. All right. So we're going to jump in. And, and the thing about this movie is that, like I said, it could have been written by Arthur Miller. It could be a stage play, pretty much, except for a few set pieces they have in some different places. So there's a lot of back and forth. So we're going to try and kind of synthesize everything and yeah. make it a little bit faster because we'd be a lot of, you know, he goes here and he goes here and he says this and he says this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's just quiet scenes in various places. Yeah. And it, the action is... Minimal. Know, minimal. It's a lot of so, sitting. Right, right. Yeah. 
But we open on a small, cozy town. It's fall, and then there's a choir singing that we'll learn is the choir that uh, Conrad is in, who is the uh, young boy in this movie. He's the main character, uh, even though he got a supporting role nomination for some reason. I think he has the most screen time in this movie. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah I don't, why wasn't he the... That's weird. I don't know. Maybe because he was a kid? I don't know how that works. Like, who would have been... Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. We're moving on, but I, that's a good point. Yeah, kind of weird. Uh, so the kid, Conrad, he wakes up the next night in his bed. He's all sweaty. So this is where it's kind of setting up the dominoes or setting up the scene that he's unstable. Like he's, a, there's something going on yeah. a little bit deeper inside of him. Connie's not sleeping well. Connie. Yeah. They As call they call Connie him. a lot. Connie, yeah. Which is confusing. Cause I was like, who's Connie? He has oh, a lot Conrad. of nicknames. He has Connie Jarrett. That's Jarrett, his last name. Yeah, Conrad Jarrett. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but we'll stick with Conrad just to keep it right, simple. Right. Um, and then we cut to another scene where couples are in this play. Play doesn't matter. It's actually his parents in there, Beth and Calvin. Seeing a play, yeah. Seeing a play. Yeah, yeah sorry, not in a play. But they're seeing a play. Beth and Calvin, those are Conrad's parents. Uh, Donald Sutherland is Calvin, and then Mary Tyler Moore is Beth. Um, so they return home, and uh, Calvin sees that Conrad is awake, so he stops in to say hi. And then he asks if he wants to call the doctor. Conrad says no. Yeah, he's kind of like, how are you doing? Have you have you called the doctor? Mm-hmm. This is after, they they haven't told us basically what happened yet, but yeah. Um, and Conrad sort of says, he's like, well, we, we talked about, I'll call him if I need to call him. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and Donald Sutherland doesn't want to be overbearing. So he's like, okay, all right. You know, tries to let his son have some room and, yeah. and uh, leaves. And I also do want to insert, um, Spoiler warnings, and we're going to, like, we've talked about Windwalker and stuff, but there aren't true spoilers in those movies that aren't very good because you see everything coming a mile away. There yeah. are some true spoilers in this movie. Uh, it's very good. I suggest watching it first, then listening to us talk about it so you can relate to everything, and then you can be impacted the same way I was near the end of this movie. Yeah, so stop listening now. Stop. And then come back. Come back, please. <laughs> please come but back. But stop right now. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to. If you don't care about spoilers, keep listening. Uh, so they wake up for breakfast the next day. Conrad doesn't want to eat, so Beth throws it away. She's very cold to him immediately out of the gate. Yeah, I, I really liked how um, you can see that right off the bat that Mary Tyler Moore, Beth, is having she's having a hard time with the death of her son. Obviously, she doesn't relate to Conrad very well. Mm-hmm. And um, they established that from the beginning that there's, it's kind of a nice, a really nice moment. He he's not hungry. He's depressed. He's having some issues of his own. He's not yeah. eating. He's not sleeping. She makes some French toast. His favorite is mm-hmm. what she says. And he's not hungry. He feels that she. He can tell she's cold towards him. And um, Donald Sutherland is like the sweetest guy in this movie. He's trying to hold everyone together. He's really concerned for Conrad. And she gives him the French toast. And he's like, "I'm not hungry. I'm sorry." So she just takes it mm-hmm. right back immediately. And. uh Donald Sutherland's like, well, hey, he'll he'll eat it. Just give him a minute. And she goes straight to the sink and just stuffs it down the disposal. Yeah. And she goes, she says, uh, well, if you're not hungry, you're not hungry. Yeah. And But she kind of plays it off like she's not mad, yeah. even though she is. Yeah. She's just, yeah. So I thought that was a great little. Yeah, and I don't know if it had been revealed yet that the brother had died. So Maybe it was just not. Kind of, it was kind of a, it was like, why is she so snappy yeah maybe, just the way sorry was. maybe i knew that i think i knew that coming in that yeah they, I, I, didn't, I hadn't seen the movie but i knew the synopsis so yeah i think it gets um, revealed a little bit later when the, in the therapist i think for the first time is when we really hear about it yeah but there's a lot of really good you know 
Chekhov type unsaid things here. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of subtext in the in the way that they a lot of passive aggressiveness yeah, in this movie, they, which is very American. Very American. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there at the I know end, I'm but, passive aggressive. Yeah. So um good scene though. So. Yeah. And then Conrad's swimmer friends pick him up for school. Linderman is one of the friends. Yes. Drop him in there, you know. He looks totally different than he's all clean cut he, and preppy yeah. in this movie. He's not he's a dirty. Jock. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to school. Uh, there are shots of a train interspersed with shots of a graveyard, which I thought was cool. It was just building a little bit of suspense. Like, what is is this kid going to jump in front of a train? Like, what is he thinking right now? So I really enjoyed that little cut that Redford put in there. Yeah, they like stop at a train crossing. Yeah. And uh, you can, again, showing the anxiety that Conrad is feeling, he kind of looks at the train and it cuts to like, uh, car, like a camera out of the window of a car driving, yeah. passing a graveyard and the train gets louder and he kind of snaps out of it. But mm-hmm. he's affected by a lot of stuff right now. Yeah. Uh, later in the day, Conrad calls the therapist he was given the number for. Um, and he said he wants he wants him to call back because he's busy at the moment. The therapist is. Yeah. And then Connor said he doesn't think he'll be free in the evening. And I don't know if they said that because they were trying to hint at maybe he was going to do something to himself. Because at this point, again, spoilers, we learn later on that he tried, he attempted suicide. So yeah. in my brain, not knowing that, I was like, is he going to kill himself tonight? No, no, no. Uh, he had att- attempted suicide way before this. Yeah, but not knowing that at the moment. Oh, right. I was, he said, I won't be free tonight. I, I took that as it took a lot for him to call the therapist. Mm-hmm. And the therapist... Judd Hirsch is fantastic. He's really he's really casual and just kind of like yeah, but he's also kind of all over the place. Yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. Um, but I, I really like the way that he deals with Conrad later. But anyway, on the phone, he's like, "Oh, I'm with a patient right now. Can I, you know, can you call me back?" Mm-hmm. And I think I think he just got nervous and was like doub- yeah. doubting calling the guy. I don't think he was gonna go do anything. He's just okay. like, "Oh no, I uh, I might I might be busy." He was just trying to find an excuse to get out of it. Yeah. basically. fair enough. That's how I took it. Yeah, could go either way. I mean, yours is more, probably more likely. Um, so then the, the same night, Conrad has more dreams, but this time we get a little bit further in the dream. Uh, we see that there's somebody in the water screaming. Yeah. He's in the water with someone. They're screaming. There's a boat. That's all we know at this point. Uh, and then the next day, Conrad meets with the therapist, Berger. That's his name in the movie. Um, and this is where we learn that Conrad was in the hospital for attempted suicide and also that his brother, Buck, died in a boating accident. Uh, well, it was a storm, but I think they said accident in the film. Uh, Conrad keeps saying he wants to be more in control so that people stop worrying about him. Like, that's his phrase. It's like, I just want to be in control so everyone stops worrying about me. Yeah. Uh, and the therapist gives Conrad times to see him, but Conrad says he has swimming practice. Yeah. It's kind of the gist of that first scene. He's just, he doesn't know the guy. I think yeah. He's he... it's not opened up yet. Yeah, he doesn't want to be, I feel like he doesn't want to go to therapy and, and the um, Dr. Berger is pushing him like why are you here and you know what's wrong and he doesn't want to talk about it and so he's like well what do you want mm-hmm. so Con- he forces him to come up with something so he's like I don't know I guess I just want to be more in control so he he's he's negatively dealing very much goodwill hunting I think which drew some inspiration from this movie mm-hmm. uh, he's negatively dealing with the therapist right now because he just does, he's not comfortable with him yeah yeah so. fair enough uh, the next day the swim instructor confronts Conrad about his performance says he looks tired and this is also where this is Emmett Walsh, by the way. His mm-hmm. name is just swim teacher. Yeah, swim coach, I think. Swim coach. <laughs> um, 
And he basically says, like, is it true that they use shock therapy on you in the hospital? Oh, he was way too forward with yeah. uh, Conrad. It was very, he, you could <laughs> tell he was the type of person that would ask, too. Very yeah. good performance in oh, a yeah, small role by Emmett Walsh. He's great. He's like, did they, uh, they use the shock, uh, the shock on you? Yeah, and he's like, uh, yeah, I already told you, and yeah, they did. Yeah. And it's just awkward because he's standing there in his Speedo, like, cold yeah. and wet. And the coach is just <laughs> asking him all these extremely personal questions. Um, and, he, and, and then it adds insult to injury. He's like, I would never have let them sh- shock my brain or something yeah. like that. I never would let them put electricity in my head or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, coach, come on, man. <laughs> have some nice uh, bedside manner so there. Pretty, or, pretty old guy. Maybe yeah. I'll touch a little bit. Yeah, but he was, it's, he's perfect for the role. He's mm-hmm. great. In the next scene, Beth wants to go on vacation at Christmas time, like they always do. It's Halloween currently, so this movie spans between October and December, essentially. Yeah. Um, Calvin doesn't want to. He thinks it's a bad idea because they have a son that just attempted suicide a few months ago, is still obviously having problems. And, and just Beth... got into therapy and wants him to be consistent. Yeah and, yeah, and Beth is like, no, let's go. We have to go. We do this every year. She says, we need a vacation. I need to, I need to get away. Yeah. And I don't blame her. You know, mm-hmm. your son just died a few months ago. Um, yeah. But you can tell Calvin really, really loves Conrad and wants him to be consistent in therapy. And yeah. But you can tell it kind of ifs. A good like, parent. Kind of irks Beth that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a good parent. <laughs> it kind of irks Beth that he doesn't support her in that um, yeah. decision. Talk more about Beth and her intentions later. But, man, she just irked me so badly in this movie. But, you know, that's my personal opinion. Some people might empathize with her. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Beth comes home and she sits in Buck's room. I think this is the following day or maybe a week later or something. Yeah. She just sits in Buck's room and stares at all of his trophies and all of his American boy, like good boy pictures. And it's just like reminiscing about him, essentially. Conrad comes home and just says hi to her and she just like snaps out of it and gets really startled and she just instantly tenses up again and is very angry with Conrad. Yeah, he just pokes his head in the room and she's like, don't do that! Yeah. Because she was, you know, kind of daydreaming about her son and and, uh, he scares her accidentally. Mm -hmm. So this is where they're reinforcing that Beth obviously cared about Buck more than Conrad. Yes. And then it it turns into this very, she gets up and leaves the room and, and there's this very awkward exchange between the two of them. You can see that Conrad... He knows that Beth, I, I, she loves him, but in his brain, she does not love him as much as she loved oh, yeah. Buck. It's very uh, clear in this moment. Yeah. yeah. And so they're talking on the, on sort of the, the, I don't know, like the top of the stairs and she closes the door. She leaves her son's room and he says, uh, uh, he talks about swimming mm-hmm. and it's, kind of awkward and then he's like oh and i made a 74 on my trig test <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's just he's re, he's trying to find some way to connect with her and she turns around and she's like oh and she has this awkward moment where she remembers taking trig and then doesn't remember if she took trig but it's just, the whole point is that it's forced yeah it's this they can't talk about anything yeah and he's just trying and then she just changes the subject and she's like i bought you some shirts they're on your bed mm-hmm. and they they Go separate yeah, ways. This script is a marvel, man. Because so it's many good. movies would, at this point, just have Conrad explode on her and be like, "Why don't you love me the same way Buck loves me?" But no, yeah. it's he's trying to connect to her. She won't let him connect, and you can see it in his face and really feel it in his mannerisms. And everything is so small, and it just adds and adds and adds and adds till the very end. And it's genius. Yeah. I yeah. love the script. Yeah, I love the acting. Very, very good. I love this movie. So Calvin and Beth go to a party. There, did you see this part where the guy's like, "I'm not talking to yes, you." Yes, in my notes. It's so funny. I laughed out loud because it's it, it's uh, 
it's so weird and it's it's good and bad because it doesn't it's just like a funny observation at a party yeah <laughs> donald sutherland is drinking and they're at this christmas party and he's standing there and this weird guy walks by and he goes hey and he goes i'm not talking to you I'm not talking to you <laughs> and then he walks out of the frame and what, what was funny about it is that donald sutherland in a very like honest reaction just goes why (laughs) (laughs) and then it cuts away to the next scene and that's all it is and it's great so you don't know if the guy is mad at him you don't know if the guy is just drunk oh yeah he's being silly like messing with him yeah he's like i'm not talking to you and he's and he's sweet donald son goes why 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 don't you love me (laughs) i laughed i was like oh it's so great it's pretty great it's a little it's a little laugh in the middle of all yeah yeah it was was so funny um so everyone's having a good time mary tyler morris singing at the piano with everyone and it's everyone's getting uh, progressively more drunk um and uh it, it cuts to calvin talking to one of their friends and he's essentially divulging that conrad uh is just not doing well right now i don't know if he said that he was seeing a therapist at this point um but the woman just seems concerned beth sees this yeah. and goes over and is like you know eh, kind of yeah. laughs everything off and just like guides the conversation somewhere else he does tell the woman that conrad's seeing a therapist because beth gets angry about that on the way home yeah yeah um and so on the way home yeah so she says he was drunk and then he gets mad uh for saying that conrad is seeing a therapist because nobody should know about that extremely taboo at this time more still taboo in some still states and with some families well i mean and, and more insight into who she is it's that's a very she is so polished on the surface and everybody yeah. loves her and she and she is she she's she's a wasp she's sweet and funny and she's you know she's great but she is struggling on the inside and to her this is like it's embarrassing i mean as i i can't imagine what it would be like Mm -hmm. to go through that but she gets very mad at donald sutherland on the way home this is private this is our life you don't talk about this to other people yeah and he doesn't understand you know and they have a fight and which again is so arthur miller very because it's like these are these wasp this kind of uh yeah. close to being elite class in the northeast I, I think they are they in connecticut or are they uh they're they're in illinois so close in to illinois chi- close okay. to chicago not necessarily northeast midwest yeah, but okay. still no they're close to chicago yeah um so i mean they just they want to keep up appearances for everyone they want to well at least beth does i think that calvin's a little bit more lax with that yes um the next day conrad is back with Berger, his therapist he says he's thinking about quitting swimming and so Berger says how does it feel you know, mm. how does it how does it feel to think about quitting? And this really irks Conrad. Like, why does it matter how I feel? Why does everything have to feel yeah. something? Right. Which is a theme that kind of goes throughout the movie. The, yes. the very nice kind of very much. You know, like what does it mean to feel? Why do we have feelings? Um, Conrad misses the hospital that he was in because of the suicide attempt because people there were real. Like nobody had to hide anything. Mm-hmm. Everyone told the know, truth. Is honest. I think what he says. They told yeah. the truth there. Keep they keep it real. <laughs> they keep it real <laughs> and then he says that he misses someone or, or Berger asks him if he misses anybody and he says yeah I miss someone yes. we'll figure out who that is later um, so just a little bit of uh, you know a bit of mystery there who does he miss mystery. at this hospital he had a friend yeah uh, and then we learn at the next scene who he misses oh okay uh, yeah. right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Conrad meets a girl at the bar or not the bar <laughs> the diner uh, her name is Karen uh, is this the person from the hospital is what I wrote? Because we kind of learned throughout that. Yeah. And yes, it is her. He obviously likes her. And there's a little funny part where they order two Cokes at the diner. 
and the the waiter's kind of like lets his hands fall and walks away. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. did we upset him? Did they say something? <laughs> and as a person who worked in the restaurant industry for so long, yes, yes, you did. You 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 pissed him off. You annoyed him yeah. by buying two cokes at the diner and yeah. taking up a table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a note: she's played by Dinah Manhoff. Mm-hmm. Um, no one knows that name, but if but you do, she played Marty in Grease. Um, hey, didn't know that. Yeah, in the movie Grease. She's, oh. uh, she looks way different in this movie, but just that way you can make that little connection. And she's really good in this movie. She's mm-hmm. very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, he asked her if she misses any, the hospital and the people in it. She says no, and that she's not seeing a therapist anymore. Yeah. Um, and then she, she says that she wants him to be happy outside of the hospital. She's like, we can, you know, let's make this the best year or, or day or whatever she said. Very dear Evan Hansen, you know? This is why this is going to be a good day, dear Evan Hansen. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know, Matt is just chomping at the bit to see dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. See it. He can't stop waving through a window and singing all the songs and dancing around to this sad music. Uh, he he likes it. Sad. So if you want to send us tickets... Um, <laughs> if we have any a, wealthy listeners... Shoot us an email, rewindcinemapodcast at gmail.com. We'll take them. Yeah, we'll say your name at the end of every podcast yeah. or in perpetuity. We could even do like a show about it. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll bend to your will if, if you'll let us go see exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, oh, really quick. Yeah. Uh, did you notice this is this is funny cuz again, we're we're connecting to a lot of our previous movies this episode. Before he called Karen, mm-hmm. his friend from the hospital, to meet her and have the coke, he opens up a book and gets her phone number out of it. Mm-hmm. He 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 like has it on a scrap piece of scrap paper. Uses that as a bookmark. Did you notice that the book was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Was it? Yes. Nice catch, dude. Yeah. I did not notice. Throwback to Where the Buffalo Roam. Ah, oh, dang, man. So I was like, ooh. Yeah, wow. he, he's reading Fear and Loathing throughout the movie. So. Deep cut. Deep cut. Anyway, <laughs> just I thought you might see that. Yeah, it's a really cool It, it was quick. It was like, yeah, I like, I don't know how I was probably I, looking at IMDb or something. Yeah, I don't know how I noticed it, but anyway, continue. Cool, man. Uh, so Beth sees Conrad sitting on a chair outside the following day or the later that day. Time kind of just, time is not an object of this movie. Like it might be the next day. It might be a week later. Yeah. Like I said, two, two and a half month time period here. Um, and then they, th- she sits next to him and they start talking. And then Conrad goes on about how he wanted a dog when he was younger, but Beth wouldn't let him have a dog. And they start talking over one another. And then he starts barking and she just like, gets really uptight and is like, okay, well I'm going to go back inside odd they start to really connect Mm -hmm. they they start to have the same memory but then it's a good piece of writing and direct it's it's Mm -hmm. odd when he starts barking i don't know why he does that i kind of was like what is he doing (laughs) but uh she's remembering and he's remembering and they get kind of excited and then he's he he barks i guess he's just remembering a something about this dog Mm -hmm. but you're right that quiets her down and she gets frustrated and goes inside and she's like Put that on if you're going to stay out here. He has a jacket. He's not wearing it. It's cold. And mm-hmm. and then she goes in. But yet another really good scene of tension building between the two. Yeah. In, in a small scene, we really don't need to go into it very much. Calvin has a conversation with a coworker, maybe his boss, about Conrad. I don't think there's not really much to add. I think it was just saying that Calvin, yeah. people know that right. Calvin is upset. And the guy's just, I guess, just trying to check on Calvin. He's like, I know when something's wrong. I've known you for 25 years. And yeah. So. so keep going. Uh, Conrad finally goes to uh, his coach to quit, and he says that he thinks it will improve his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's funny because the coach is like, "Why are you? Why do you keep making these choices that'll throw <laughs> yeah, your ruin your life? Yeah, ruin your life." And he's like, "I don't think quitting the swimming team will ruin my life." Yeah, which um, is 
you know, kind of funny. Probably an apt ob- observation. Yeah, I don't think it. Not really many hurt people it. are going to be Michael Phelps. No, no. <laughs> so he quits. Yeah, he quits. Um, one of Conrad's friends tries to check up on him after that. One of the swimming friends, and he just runs him off. You know, he's just like, I don't need anyone to check on me. I don't need you guys. Peace. Yeah, he gets in like a fight, sort of. Yeah, Again, it's like why is everyone always checking on me? Leave me alone. And, yeah. and the guy gets offended. And yeah. So they have a little falling out. Yeah. I think I would be offended too. And, and he has a nice moment later in the movie that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Conrad meets with Berger, the therapist, again. Uh, Conrad says he doesn't have feelings. More feelings talk. Berger pushes him. He says, uh, well, and, then, and then Conrad says, when I let myself feel, I feel lousy. And then language. He tells Berger to fuck off basically yeah. and uh a little advice about feeling kiddo don't expect it to always tickle excellent it's a, fa- line. a fabulous line such fabulous. a good line don't expect it to always tickle yeah i love it very true yeah most of the time it doesn't tickle i don't know yeah but i wrote that down too i was like god ah, it's so great and mm-hmm. and he's it's like it's like conrad just can't let himself be mm-hmm. and he's angry privately but he can't let himself express it and so Judd Hirsch is pushing him in this scene kind of to make him angry, to make yeah. him feel something, and he explodes, and yeah, it's it's a really, really good moment. Yeah. Uh, so the family is getting photos taken by the uh, grandma and grandpa of Conrad. Who were supremely annoying. Did you see how <laughs> annoying the grandpa was in this movie? No. You didn't catch that? It's like, this is dumb, it's a side note, but uh-huh. it's a, it's as if Redford was like, all right, be be an annoying grandpa and kind of <laughs> say, let's get this picture and then let everyone get together now. You you should rewatch that Maybe scene. Maybe he did his job. He did his job, but but this is where the director needs to say, all right, pull back, pull yeah. back a little bit. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> the whole scene, he's he won't shut up. Yeah. And he's in the background and it's so distracting. He's like, oh, I love this. This is fun. <laughs> oh, oh, you better get... And he won't be quiet. And I'm like, shut up, grandpa. Um, he's just... Whoever that actor was, I'm sorry, no disrespect, but a little overacting. I don't think he's of this world anymore. He's pretty uh, yeah. old at the time he, he of filming passed, this. He may have passed on. Um, so Beth and Conrad are put together in a photo, and it's so uncomfortable. They yes. won't get their uh, like you know a foot apart. They have their arms crossed. They're both like they're not smiling. They're just kind of like grinning. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Um, and and then. It just keeps going and going, and Beth is like, hey, just take the picture, just take the picture, and then Conrad eventually blows up and just says, like, give her the camera. Like, She gets she gets awkward. She's like, honey, give me the camera. You come over here, and I'll take your picture. Give me the camera. And Donald Sutherland's like, no, I want to get this photo. Yeah, he's like, not he's so like fumbling with the camera. Yeah, he's like, no, just hold on. Just let me get it. And he's, he can't get it right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so uh, Conrad explodes. Just, just give her the GD camera, and it mm-hmm. shuts everyone down. And, and then it was kind of humorous. Mm-hmm. Mary Tyler Moore hits the camera and Donald Sutherland walks over and just kind of stands there and she she's like, smile. And then it cuts. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to recover. Again, her trying to not not address anything mm-hmm. and sweep it under the rug. So, Yeah. Uh, so we cut to the kitchen. Beth breaks a plate in the kitchen. This is like the only time in the script where I was like, eh, come on. As she drops a plate. It breaks in half and her mom comes in to check on her. And she just kind of like picks it up and looks at it for a second and says, I think it can be saved. Yeah. Eh, mm. Maybe two on the nose a little bit. Yeah, there. a little bit. Um, she says it a couple times. Yeah, well, she yeah. says it later in the, yeah. She says, uh, Beth says she doesn't know how to control Conrad anymore or deal with him. And then the mom is just trying to give her motherly advice. Um, and then she 
picks the plate back up and says, I think this can be saved. It's a nice, clean break. Yeah, right. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. I could do without that, yeah. honestly. I didn't think it needed to be on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Conrad walks with Janine after school, who is this girl that he's been crushing on in, in the school. We talked yeah. about her earlier. This is her first film. Sweet Janine. Very good job. Yeah, Very she's great. Mm-hmm. She's great. Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGovern. Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, there's some relationship potential here for sure. And this is where she says that she likes that he's a tenor. He's a very good tenor and he sings and it's, he's obviously a baritone, but I just thought that was a funny note to <laughs> yeah. add to IMDb. Yeah, you know, somebody's like, mm, no, he's a baritone. <laughs> and they push their glasses up on their face. And... Some high school choir kid. Right, you know? right. Um, Conrad practices before calling Janine on the phone. I think maybe later that night. He's uh, feeling better at this point. It's kind of yeah, neat. He, he's on the upswing. Right, because he, he likes a girl and he has something to focus on. And, so and Berger's helping him out. Yeah. Helping get his feelings out. getting closer to Berger and he's feeling good. So he wants to call her. And you're right. But it's funny to watch him practice. Uh, yeah. Just like, uh, hello, my call. name is uh, Conrad. <laughs> uh, Conrad's such a dumb name. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. funny. It's funny. So he's just prepping himself. Um, he calls her, but he actually tried to call Karen first. Yes. Which I thought was very interesting. Does he have more feelings for Karen than Janine? Was he just trying to check up on Karen? What was he doing? Uh, I, th- I think he, uh, he just, she's a comfort to him. Yeah. And he wants her to know that he's doing well. Yeah. Okay. I think he just likes talking to her. Yeah. Because she understands everything. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family is setting up a tree for Christmas. Beth makes Conrad tell Calvin that he quits swimming. Just that she found out through a friend, essentially. Mm-hmm. Somebody just spilled the beans to her. And Conrad hadn't told his parents at that point. Um, and then she basically says, like, you know, you're lying to me. And he says, I never lied to you. And she says, you lied every day when you came in at 630. Like, what were you doing Yeah, when you weren't swimming? Uh, a big fight breaks out between them. And then um, Conrad says to Calvin, to the side, he's like, she would have come if... Buck was in the hospital because apparently Beth never really came to the hospital. And Beth says, Buck never would have been in the hospital. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Tough line. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that she comes home and she, she does let herself show some emotion here, but it's only because. It's only anger. Yeah. It's only anger. Yeah. It's only because she's been lied to. It's only betrayal. And it, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like she comes home and immediately she's like, oh, uh, aren't you going to tell your father where you've been? You know, mm-hmm. and she like lets it all out. And then, of course, they have this big fight and explode. But. Oh, deep, deep cut, like wound, deep cut and wound. The yeah, first cut wound. is the deepest. Yeah. Not, not a deep, not a deep <laughs> reference, but a deep cut. Um, yeah, Buck never would have been in the hospital. So apparently, she was uh, quote unquote sick while uh, Calvin had attempted to kill himself, and she didn't mm-hmm. go see him in the hospital. Yeah, which is just come on, awful. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard to empathize with her in this movie. So he so hard. He storms upstairs and yeah. Um. Calvin goes up to Conrad's room to talk to him. Uh, and then uh, Conrad is like face down on his bed crying. You know, uh, he says he can't apologize to her because he doesn't know how to talk to her, which is very obvious. Yes. At this point in the film. And then Conrad basically says that Beth hates him. Like, so he's fully aware of this whole dynamic now. And then we know that he knows and everyone knows. So the family is just starting to crumble. Yeah. And Donald Sutherland again, very sweet, just says she doesn't hate you and tries to mm-hmm. tries to make him feel better. Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, he asks, "Do you think your time with Doctor Berger is helping you?" Because mm-hmm. he sees him explode, and, and Conrad catches on, like, "Hey, this this is not his fault." So it's neat to see him defend the doctor. He likes the doctor a lot more now than he used to, mm-hmm. and um, he's like, "Okay, all right." So he leaves the room, and but uh, I just thought it was cool that he he 
stood up in defense of oh yeah burger calvin's a good guy very good yeah, guy yes. um conroy goes back to burger he says his mom won't forgive him for the suicide attempt so that's why he thinks that she dislikes him or doesn't love him as much as buck and then i wrote what happened here i couldn't understand what he was saying he goes over to the window and he's he has like an epiphany of some sort and he, he says what is who can forgive who uh, i had the same thing i was like well, i cannot hear what he is saying right now i i, I could hear it but i don't know if i i, I need to rewatch it because i missed it too i was like what i went back like five times i couldn't okay. understand what then, was I, then maybe it was just bad editing or bad a bad piece of writing of this one sentence but i yeah. i said i sort of just got the revelation coming out of it that like like you said she can't forgive him for trying to kill himself yeah and also for Buck's death. I don't know about that, but anyway, I, I didn't hear that either. Yeah. So it's not important to focus on it because we don't know what he said, but... Really weird. It was odd. Yeah. I, it was, I think it was also in this scene where um, he, he says to Conrad, like, don't... Maybe he says it to, to uh, Calvin in the next scene where he says, don't try and make Beth feel more than she can or something. Yeah. Was it in this scene or the next one? I think it was in this scene. Okay. Because um, he, he's talking about his mom and he basically says like she has, there's obviously a capacity that she has. Yeah. So don't don't expect her to love you beyond that. He doesn't say this, but yeah, that's what he's saying. Don't don't expect her to love you beyond what she can, what she can do. Yeah. Because up until this point, I was just straight on the Beth hate train. And yeah. I said that and I was like, okay, maybe. Yeah. But then she had so much love for Buck. Yeah. I. I definitely you dislike her a lot in this movie. I still yeah. empathize with her though. I, yeah. I don't like the way that she, this relationship we has she has with uh, Conrad compared to Buck. But mm-hmm. you're right; she's easy to dislike. And um, but it was good for him to have that insight of like, okay, may, maybe I can learn my about my mom here mm-hmm. and and not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Berger gets Conrad to say that he needs to forgive himself for the suicide attempt. Yes. So that's kind of all the important beats at that point. Uh, Calvin, the next day, night, who knows, goes to Berger. Uh, he says that he doesn't believe in therapy, but starts to go to through a session, essentially, with Berger. I, I think at first he's just kind of like asking him about Conrad, but he just gets roped in by Berger. I love the scene. Yeah, very, very good. And you can tell that Berger has all the power. He just kind of leans back in his chair. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he just coaxes everything out of well, Calvin. I, I just, it's like I said, I love how casual he is. Mm-hmm. He's so... He's not trying to be emotional. He just talks to people like, well, how does it make you feel? Yeah. He asks easy questions. Donald Sutherland thinks he goes there to talk about Conrad. Yeah. And ends up divulging I think, a lot. I think, I think in his heart, though, he knew he was going to talk. And it's really neat. One thing we haven't mentioned is through the whole movie, you see Donald Sutherland dealing with this in his own way. Mm-hmm. He starts to have these little mental um, flashbacks, sort of just some some breakdown moments. He's running. He, like... It's, you know, overwhelmed by emotion and falls down and sits there for a minute. And so he's dealing with this, too. But he can't he can't go to his wife either because she yep. just she won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so he finally says to the doctor, he's like, I think maybe I came here to just talk about me. Mm-hmm. And he has a great scene with the doctor and, and it helps him out. Yeah. Um, he says that Beth and Conrad are both slipping away from him. And then he admits that Beth can't forgive Conrad. So yeah. he knows what's going on as well. Um, and then he says that Beth had a lot of affection for Buck. So now we know that everyone in the family knows exactly what's going on. It's affecting everyone in different ways. Um, 
that's just essentially what I think they want you to get from this scene. Um, Calvin goes home and asks Beth to talk about Buck's funeral. He's kind of, he's waiting in the garage. Like he pulls in, I guess she knows that he's there. Maybe she heard the garage door come up and he's Mm -hmm. just kind of sitting in the car and he gets out and tells the story about how he was wearing brown shoes with black pants or something or some kind of pant that didn't match. A blue blue shirt and brown shoes or something. And yeah. Yeah. And so, but it, well, can tell your, sorry. No, it's okay. Explain explain the scene. He, 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 she won't even discuss, like, he just says, can we talk about Buck's funeral? Yeah. And immediately, she doesn't want to do it. She yeah. doesn't even want to talk about it. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, she tries to be nice, but she's like, I don't want to, you know, why Why do we need to open that up? Why should we go there? Mm-hmm. And he has to kind of beg her to listen. But, yeah, he tells a story, and it's very emotional. He's like, you know, I, I had on brown shoes and a blue shirt, and I was so emotional. It was like the hardest day of my life. And we were going to our son's funeral. And you saw what I was wearing, and you said, you can't wear that. You need to wear black shoes and a white shirt or something. And he said, I've always just, that's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. He said, I didn't say anything about it at the time because I was too concerned with what was happening that day. But why, why, he said, why, does it, why did it matter? We were going to our son's funeral. Mm-hmm. Why did that matter to you? And what was interesting about the scene is that he lets this all out, which is really, really good for him, but she still doesn't apologize. Yeah. She, she, she like hugs him. She understands what yeah. he's saying, but she doesn't. She just kind of walks over to him and hugs him and says, "It'll be okay" or something. Yeah, and then he's like crying, and yeah, they, they zoom in on her face, and she's just glassy eyed, and it, she doesn't even have any emotion. That made me mad. I was like, he, "Come on, like apologize to the guy." Yeah. Um, but just so interesting, man. She just cannot let herself open. She's up. a robot, dude. Yeah. She's an android. She's got dude. wires in there, some oil going on. She's a fembot. <laughs> Is that an Austin Powers reference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to have an Austin Powers reference in your serious movie podcast. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> um, uh, so it's Christmas time or close to, so Beth is shopping for presents. She's in a mall. She talks to somebody that she knows, just kind of some in-between to get to the next scene. They're in a mall food court. Um, and Calvin suggests to Beth that they all go see Burger together. And, uh, but Beth suggests they go on vacation again and leave Conrad. And she says, for his sake, don't indulge him. Mm. Just like so cold. Yeah. She's not having the idea of therapy either. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't even, you know, which I did relate to her at this moment. Yeah. She's like, I don't even know this person. This is our personal lives. I don't want someone else. And you know how that is if you're when you're holding on to anger or pride and you don't want to have to deal with it. She mm-hmm. she's totally anti the idea. So it kind of mm-hmm. ruins lunch and they have an awkward awkward lunch. Yeah, I mean, awkward from here on out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um Conrad takes Janine bowling, so they're on a date. Um and they have a little conversation in a McDonald's later that night. Um and then she says, "Do you think uh or he says, do you think people are punished for things they do? Or she's, I'm sorry. Janine says, do you think people are punished yeah. for things people do by God? Or, you know, Conrad ins- insinuates that. And then Conrad says, I don't believe in God. Uh, and then she says, I've done a lot of the things I'm ashamed of. And he right. says, so have I. Yeah. So just thinking about the idea of, you know, atonement for sin, like, you know, how do you get punished for the things that you do? And an interesting note about this is that in the movie, there's a lot of, information about this character you know being very sexual having a lot of sex her mom is apparently Mm, like leaving the picture or dying or something like 
her life is in shambles too. And that's what makes the I've done a lot of things I'm ashamed of line very interesting if you right. know the backstory of the novel. Right. So maybe that's their little nod to that character's mm-hmm. past, I guess. Because so. um, it's weird because she's very nice, like sweet in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't seem like she would, but. It adds another layer to it, yeah. you know, that because she's going through similar things and she's keeping up appearances yes. just like everybody else. Yes. Um, so she notices the scars on his wrists and asks if it hurt. He says he doesn't remember. She asks him why did he do it. And there was a really nice quote about, he says it's like falling into a hole and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and you can't get out of it and all of a sudden you're the hole. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more after that, but I felt like that was the kind of the gist of that line. Very good writing. Yeah. Um, so he's basically just saying, like, eventually you become all the sadness this that thing. you are. Like, yeah. It just takes you over. Um, and then some jocks run into McDonald's, interrupt Conrad. Janine laughs. Conrad's insulted because they just had this very important conversation. And yeah. she's laughing and has, like, a McDonald's hat on her head and stuff. They kind of, like, grab her and pull her out of her chair. And she doesn't know what to do. And yeah. So he just feels awkward. Yeah. And on the ride home, Conrad is defensive about it. Um, and then we cut to Calvin and Beth going on vacation to Texas. Uh, they're with their friends. Down to Houston. Houston, yeah. They're golfing, you know. You know, good old American sport. Yep. Waspy sport. Waspy sport. Um, Calvin attends a swim meet. He stays after. For some reason, he's just like kind of sitting in the, in the gym after it's over. I guess he's just taking everything in, you know. I don't really know why he was sitting there. Uh, and then afterward, he has a fight with Linderman. <laughs> yeah, he goes and watches his old swim team. Yeah. And um, his friend who he got into a fight with earlier, you know, he said, leave me. Why is everyone always checking on me? Mm-hmm. Still, that guy is really nice, and he still wants to be friends. So he's like, hey, do you need to ride home? And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Linderman, for, I forgot his name in this movie, but he uh, he says some comments, and it makes Connor angry, and Connor punches him and jumps on him and starts to beat him up, and they pull him apart. Um and so Conrad walks off to his car, gets in. He had dropped his hat during the fight. So his friend knocks on the window and it's like, here's your hat. And I thought it was such a good moment because he kind of gets in the car and he reminds him that they were all best friends. He and Buck, mm-hmm. his older brother and this guy. He's like, he was, we were all best friends. Yeah. I, I miss him too. And so that kind of, I think, makes Conrad realize he's not, he's not alone. Like he has a great line. He's like, he's like why do you insist on doing this by yourself or something like that. And uh, I just thought it was a good moment for this tiny little character who's in the movie. You know, he's this high school jock, but he's sensitive and supportive. And I I don't know. I thought it was a good, a good moment. Yeah. And his friend says, I don't know why you want to be in this alone. That's the line. Yeah. Yeah. And then Conrad says it hurts too much to be around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So Uh, Conrad calls Karen and this is a spoiler. Like we said, yeah. I did not expect this at all. No. Um, I, 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 yeah, tell them what happened. You could have inferred it, I got, maybe. I got the vibe that it could have happened earlier. It hit me like a brick wall, dude, just yeah. like it hit him. But he, he calls for Karen, and the mom answers the phone, and she thinks it's like a sick joke at this point, maybe, because she, he called earlier and calling again, and she starts crying, and a dad answers, and he says, Karen killed herself. And, you know, she was the girl from the diner earlier where she said, you know, just make your life better. She like, said, let's have oh, so let's have the best. Let's ha- she said, let's have a really good Christmas. Yeah. And let's have a really good year. Yeah. And you can she does a great job mm-hmm. of being on the edge. She's sort of unsettled. Yeah. And she's trying really, really hard to keep it together. She, like it's everybody weak. else. Yeah. Yeah. But she does a really good job of communicating that she's kind of like. Yeah. Un- uneasy under the surface. 
So if you if you get a chance, just pay attention to that scene with with her um, mm-hmm. with Karen because she does a good job. But so Conrad flips out, rightfully so. He yeah. cared about this girl. She, everything seemed fine last time they were together. She offed herself. So he has flashbacks of just the boat accident and like you know a ton of other stuff. everything that's been happening that's been unraveling. Yeah, and so he calls the, the camera scene. If thinks about that and yeah, so he calls Berger and he asks him in the moment to meet up. Like and, and Berger's like, yeah, 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 meet me in my office. I'll be there right now. You know, like a good therapist would. So Conrad beats himself up for quote unquote letting Buck die, mm-hmm. and we haven't really talked about it in depth, but. Essentially, they were out, I guess, in the ocean on a boat. Yeah. Or maybe they were it's in like the a lake. Little, little two-person sailboat type yeah. of thing. Uh, and, I think it was Lake Michigan. Okay. Yeah, maybe Michigan. they're one of the Great Lakes. So they, they were out there, and uh, there was a storm, and so the boat got flipped, and then Buck and Conrad were on the boat trying to hang on, and then Buck asked Conrad to basically like lift the sail or something or do something, and he wasn't able to do it, and so Buck slips and just falls on the water. Mm-hmm. And so Conrad has been beating himself up the whole time because he thinks it's his fault. Um, and there's a really nice moment where Berger essentially acts as Buck and they have a little scene a little oh, back and forth where so Conrad, good. like, you know, I don't remember exactly what was said, but... Was Conrad really- is, is, is exploding at this point and he's crying mm-hmm. and his face is red and he is telling the doctor what he's feeling and he sort of just like turns into this moment. He says, why did you let go, Buck? Why, why, why did you let go? He's mm-hmm. so mad. And the doctor says, because I got tired. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to just make him understand that it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Like his, he got tired and he, yeah. and he fell in the water. And, uh, oh, dude, I, I lost it. Mm-hmm. I told you I ugly cried in this movie. <laughs> I was alone. Yeah. I don't let that happen ever. Yeah. Just very much like this movie. <laughs> and uh, same thing happened the first time I saw Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And that, which is, uh, again, like takes take some cues from this movie, mm-hmm. but I was just weeping because. Uh, go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna say that's fair. I mean, this is a good movie to cry in, and I, and I think that it was really really emotional because of the editing. I'll I'll, I'll want to just give a nod to that. Mm-hmm. The scene is is quiet. There's no music whatsoever. It's yeah. just Conrad's narration. So it cuts to him. It's him and the doctor in the office. He's he's running around the office. He's re- really upset. The doctor's trying to deal with him. And uh, as he is telling the story of what happened, he he finally confesses that he couldn't like this thing. I don't know. It didn't work, and he couldn't lift it like you said. And he mm-hmm. he it was he feels like it was his fault. Yeah. But the whole time he's telling the story, it keeps cutting back to that clip of when the brother died, which it yeah. showed a little bit earlier in the movie. It actually showed the scene where he lets go. Yeah. And it shows um, it in depth this time. And so this time it's it's him crying and narrating and it cuts back to the clip while he's still doing that, but there's no music. So mm-hmm. you see what he's thinking about. Yeah. Cuts back to his face. Cuts back to the brother. I don't know, dude. It just it was emotional. This like movie it, does that a lot. It, it does it very yeah. well. Yeah. But uh for multiple characters. It just made you really f- I don't know, I just felt exactly what he was feeling yeah. in that moment. And I was It was I a was, very nice device and they use it again later with um Calvin. Yeah. I was and, crying like a little baby. At, you know, you're okay, dude. You're fine. Thank you want to cry right now? A little bit. All right. A little bit. Go for it. <laughs> uh, so at the end, he says, why do bad things happen to people? It isn't fair. You do one wrong thing. Berger says, what was the wrong thing you did? And Conrad says, I hung on. I stayed on the boat. Mm-hmm. And then Berger says, like, you know, did you ever think that maybe you were just stronger than he was? Yeah. Like, there are so, things you can't control. So good. Things just happen. So good. Yeah. Uh, so... This obviously made him feel better because in the next scene, Conrad waits outside Janine's house and he's he's got a pep in his step. He's a little happier. 
Mm-hmm. And she says she was dumb for laughing at the McDonald's, and he asks her on a date again, and she says yes. So, there's that. Very nice. Um, Beth asks Calvin about another vacation, and he says, uh, Comrade would like wherever they said they were going to go. And she says, you know, why do you do that on purpose? Do you always, like, bring mm-hmm. him up? Yeah. He's like, no, I just... You know, he's just, like, no, I just, he's part of our family. Yeah. I assumed he'd be with us. I just thought that he would like that. And then yeah. he confronts her about her coldness. Finally, he actually like breaks out on her, says, you know, what's going on? Uh, and he says, all I want to know is that you don't hate him. And she says, mothers can't hate their sons. Mm. It's like such a, she just wants to put everything to the side. Yeah. She never she, wants she to. Won't, she won't address the question yeah. at all. Um, Jeez. It's all. She'd be great in court. Yeah, <laughs> she would. <laughs> all keeping up appearances yeah so it, it just ugh, she just rubs me the wrong way the whole movie which i think is what she's supposed to do so she did a very good job and credit to her because she's one of the most likable people mm-hmm. on planet earth was mm-hmm. mary tyler moore very kind yeah yeah um and their friends come over and you know they just want them to be happy but she says we just want you to be happy and then beth says she blows up on them this like, is while they're on the golf course so it's kind of awkward they're golfing yeah people are yeah. watching and then i don't remember exactly what beth says but essentially she says like you have a son die and like you have a marriage that's falling apart or whatever and then come back to me and tell me what happiness mm-hmm. is yeah Ugh. Ugh. deep makes for an awkward plane ride home yeah. and the next yeah. scene they're just quiet very quiet yeah which plane rides are always quiet, no matter if I'm happy in the or not. I <laughs> yeah. just don't want to talk. <laughs> it's sad, too. The camera zooms in on Donald Sutherland, and he flashes back to them dancing when they're younger and how, yeah. how in love they were, and her hair is really long, and she's beautiful, and mm-hmm. he's remembering sort of how it used to be. Yeah, so it intersperses the mm-hmm. cuts again so we can see what's inside his head. Really Very good. nice. You know, it's kind of like that movie that came out recently with a little girl. <laughs> What was it called? I don't know. It was the Pixar movie. Oh, Inside Out. Inside Out. <laughs> oh, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Every Disney Pixar movie has uh, a little girl on it. Yes. Yeah. Sad- <laughs> sadness was there in Donald Sutherland's head. Yes. Pulling the strings. So they return home and Conrad hugs Beth and uh, mm. she turns to the side and cries so Calvin can't see her after Conrad or uh, Calvin can't see her after Conrad leaves. So she has feelings. Like, why did he hug me? Why did he touch me? Does yeah. he love me? Whatever's yeah. going on in her head. Yeah. Uh, Beth wakes up in the middle of the night, sees Calvin crying at the dinner table. He's not in bed, and she goes downstairs. And he's, yeah, yeah, he's not He's not in the bed beside her. So she goes down. He's crying at the dinner table. Um, and, you know, this is where everything goes downhill. And then Calvin asks Beth if she really loves him. And she says, I feel the way I've always felt about you. <laughs> Which might be the worst thing you can say besides, no, Dude, I don't love you. I just, again... Not answering the question. Yeah. What does that mean? Next time uh, Sophie asks me if I love her, I'm just going to oh say Oh, my that. God. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I won't. I feel like that's something you say uh, to that girl you're dating in high school when oh, you're like yeah. a freshman and you don't like her after two weeks and it's like, uh, uh. Maybe I didn't ever love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a heavy scene. This is a heavy dude. scene. This is the heaviest scene to me. It, was, it yeah. wasn't as bad. It wasn't as heavy as conrad's breakthrough but mm-hmm. for me but it was good it was a good scene yeah. there's, a, there's a good quote i don't know if you were gonna so the say calvin it. quote we would have been all right yes yeah go ahead and read it yeah so there calvin just launches into uh very very calmly and sad it's very sad kind of talking about how cold she is mm-hmm. and how he's realized over time that she can't deal with things and um this sums up who she is perfectly. He says, it would have been all right if there hadn't been any mess 
but you can't handle mess. You need everything neat and easy. And uh, just nail in the head, totally. Mm-hmm. And she kind of doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. I, that, that whole, like, there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was great, everything, because um says, you need everything neat and easy. I don't know, maybe you can't love anybody. It was so much Buck. When Buck died, it was as if you had buried all your love with him, and I don't understand that. I just don't. Uh, maybe it wasn't even Buck. Maybe it was just you. Maybe finally it was the best of you that you buried. But whatever mm-hmm. it was, I don't know who you are. And I don't know uh, what we've been playing at. So I was Ugh. crying because I don't know if I love you anymore. Ugh. I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do without that. It's like, ugh. that is incredible. Knife in the heart. And he delivers it flawlessly. Because it's like, it's kind of deadpan. It's like he's just drained of everything. Yeah, he's done, dude. He's yeah. like, he, no more energy to, to deal. And he's, he's weeping and he's just like, can you imagine like coming to that realization? I don't know if I love you anymore. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Good scene. This good is a good scene. movie. This is a very good movie. I cannot suggest enough that you watch this movie. Uh, so Beth leaves. She has like a mini meltdown in the bedroom. She doesn't cry. She doesn't. She just kind of like she, she like breathes she, in for she a second. She shakes really bad and, yeah. and she starts to cry sort of. but Closes it off. It's one of those. Again, it's like the first time you see her actually let out a little bit of emotion. Mm-hmm. Her veneer is, is, is gone. It's cracked. She Her, her shell has fallen off and she's alone in the bedroom and she like and then instantly shuts it down shuts it down she gets a suitcase which is so revealing because she's mm-hmm. alone so she could cry if she wanted to but no mm-hmm. just gotta cut it off which also in the back of my mind now that i'm thinking about it is like maybe she can't yeah right yeah maybe uh, like what burger said I, she can't can, she can't right. maybe Ugh. she doesn't have that capacity i don't know um but it's it's tough to watch it's sad so good so Conrad hears a car leave and goes downstairs. He gets woken up by a door closing. He sees Calvin outside. Uh, and so Conrad asks where Beth is going. And Calvin says that she's going to Houston for a little bit. And he doesn't know why. Uh, and then Calvin or Conrad starts to blame himself for Beth leaving, which is actually different from the book, apparently. Apparently in the book, uh, Calvin says to Conrad that he's the reason that mm. she left. So yeah, yeah, Conrad just naturally assumes, again, this is an extension of how she feels and she can't handle it, and so she's leaving. But Yeah, maybe Calvin feels that internally, but he doesn't say it in the movie version. Yeah. Um, and well, Cal- I think she, they make it, I mean, she leaves in the movie, it's clear, because of what Calvin says. Yeah. I think Conrad's in the mix, but... Yeah, you know. but maybe Calvin felt it, that, yeah. you know, the reason that she, like, everything kind of fell apart was because of Conrad. Yeah, right, yeah, that, that was, that's what started it, yeah. Yeah, so Conrad says he always admired his dad because he always made them feel like everything was going to be all right. And then they say they love each other mm-hmm. and they hug. And it's good. And in the end, it's a nice little reversal because Conrad starts to help his dad process yeah. his emotions. Um, his dad kind of gets frustrated and he's like, I shouldn't snap at you. I snapped at Buck. And he's like, no, you should. You should get mad. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to see how much therapy has helped Conrad and he wants to deal with these feelings now. Yeah. And uh yeah, they they hug each other and cry and uh like many movies in the 80s, there's an awkward freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> but at least it's like 50 feet away nice, like, from pleasant a, music from place. a crane like the the camera backs out and then it's over. And then it's over. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to go first? Or I'm going to go first. Sure. I'll I'll go first. All um right. Final thoughts. Uh I just it's a great movie. You pl- please watch it. I was so pleased to watch it. One little note. Um 
when they actually show the boating death scene b- before Conrad's breakthrough, they, they show it at some point. They actually show the dialogue between he and his brother. They're talking, uh-huh. and I I thought it was, like, just done. It could have been done better. He kind of just, like, awkwardly, like, lets go of the boat and just yeah. falls in the water. Yeah. It doesn't show him sort of struggling to stay on the boat. And maybe he did just let go because he couldn't. He knew he wasn't going to make it. But I thought mm-hmm. that could have been done. That's such a dumb side note. I don't know why I mentioned it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, I think the scene is huge where Berger, um, you know, talks to Conrad and Conrad has breakthrough a little earlier in the movie. Berger has this quote. He says, feelings are scary and sometimes they're painful. And if you can't feel pain, then you're not going to feel anything else either. So I think that is such a theme in this movie mm-hmm. is that the danger of not engaging things that are difficult, things that are feelings that are hard, feelings that are scary, the, just the negative impact of sweeping things under the rug. Um, it was a, it was a great, theme of the movie and then i think beth shows that well because she loses her family because of that yeah she she loses it all she leaves and she can't deal with it um and so in the end yeah conrad conrad realizes you have to have feelings to function um it's great uh donald sutherland is amazing i I just i have nothing bad to say about this movie i don't even i don't Mm -hmm. have technical thoughts i just think it's good um Mm -hmm. my rating is four unsaid feelings out of five all right you gotta say what you need to say little baby you gotta <laughs> say, say what, what you, you need, need to say, say. <laughs> that's all i know from that song i don't have any words all right there oh, we go oh, dude okay. <laughs> and, um, it's good four out of five four, all right. four unsaid feelings out of five yeah uh i felt much the same way i felt like this was an almost flawless movie i did think that the dinner plate thing was a little too on the nose i felt like this mo- this script was so good it didn't need that and that's a that's a compliment yeah it's- maybe you know what here's another way if you feel bad mm-hmm. about that scene maybe you could view it as no subtext yeah maybe it just shows that of all the things in her life that she's concerned about a plate she's concerned uh, about that's a fair point about how yeah. things look yeah. she's, she's con- not you know it's like she's concerned about her home she's a homemaker yeah. She wants to be well loved and respected. She wants everything to be perfect and beautiful and clean. Mm-hmm. No mess. Yeah. And so maybe that's. I, I mean, I think you're right. I think your observation is more. Correct. I think it's both. I think it's a little bit of both. But I kind of I watched that scene. And I was like, you know what? Wow. She's 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 worried about a plate. Yeah, that's so. definitely deeper analysis than I was thinking. Maybe I always just had my first thought and was upset about it and was you know. Just it's not a competition, it. Matt. We're both right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but yeah, no, I, I think I think that's a fair uh, analysis of that moment. And you know, the script as a whole was excellent. It just slowly let everything out until everybody confronted each other at the end of the movie. And and all of the acting was superb. It took every small moment, made it feel so big. I never felt bored in this movie, which is very easy to do in these heavy dramas that are just sitting and talking in film. Plays are one thing. I go to plays to watch that. Yeah. In in a movie, that can get boring so fast, but it was never boring because everyone you could see the motors clicking for everyone. Like you could see everyone was learning everything slowly throughout the film. Um you know, Mary Tyler Moore's crazy good in this movie, uh, even though I despised her. And, you know, Timothy Hutton, um, it's a shame that he never really did anything quite as big as this. Uh, I thought he was excellent in this movie. You know, high, really deserved the best supporting actor role. Maybe, I don't remember who got nominated for best actor that year, but maybe. 
would have been eligible to or should have won that. Yeah. Honestly, he was amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and just a really big fan of this movie. I can't suggest it enough to you. It's I'm sure it's on Vudu or something. I'm sure you can find it for cheap, four or five dollars. Sure. Put sure. it down. Have a friend over, cry together, watch it. <laughs> I'm surprised I actually gave it a little bit higher rating than you. I still Ooh. wanted to give myself a little bit of room to go to things that I think are absolutely masterpieces. Yeah. I don't think this is a masterpiece. I think it's a very, very, very good movie. So give it 4.25 Linderman cameos out of five. Hey, Linderman. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Just, again, watch it. Watch it, yeah. Watch it. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Rewind Cinema. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing... Private Benjamin. Sergeant Ross, this is the most pathetic group of trainees I have ever laid my eyes on. Wow. Ladies, my companies are the best trained, the best disciplined soldiers on this base. Huh? Um, <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, but um, could I speak to you for oh, a sec? Oh, my lord, Sergeant, would you look at this? I've seen it, ma'am. <laughs> What's, what's your name, Princess? Huh? Judy. Judy. Mm-hmm. Judy Benjamin. Judy Benjamin. Um, <clears throat> I think they sent me to the wrong place. Uh-huh. See, uh, I did join the army, but I joined a different army. Uh-huh. Uh, I joined the one with the condos and the private rooms. <laughs> Jim Ballard told me that... I don't care. I don't care what your lousy recruiter told you, Benjamin. Now, I'm telling you, there is no other army. Wait a minute. I don't want to have to go to your boss or anything, okay? I just... Look, to be truthful with you, I can't sleep in a room with 20 strangers. Oh, dear. And, I mean, look at this place. The army couldn't afford drapes. I mean, I'll be up at the crack of dawn here. So, um, yeah, that movie's always uh, been in Goldie my... Goldie Hawn, man. <laughs> looking good. Uh, looking good, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're excited to talk about that movie. Mm-hmm. Thank you to uh, Natural Anthem for the music on our show today, naturalanthem.net. Find them there. Find them on social media. Good stuff. If you would like to reach out to us, our email is rewindcinemapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at Rewind Cinema Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can find us on any streaming service you use. Like we said earlier, an iTunes review subscription would be incredible. It would help us so much. Uh, tell your friends about us. It's going to be after this point. We're recording this in March, but it's Tripod Month. Oh, yes. So educate people who don't know about podcasts because I can guarantee you, you know at least five to ten people who don't know what a podcast is that would like podcasts. Well, they just don't listen to podcasts. They just don't listen. Yeah. So just say, I have this movie podcast i really enjoy it there are two very handsome guys with silky smooth voices that talk yeah, about great right. movies and really um, terrible movies six pack abs yeah i mean um, they're 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 beautiful they're golden you know they have you know. which is really sad that we're on you know radio why are we doing this why aren't we on camera i know we you should know? be in the uh, mr universe competition by the way it's opposite day and we have faces for radio <laughs> um and we don't have six pack abs but thanks hey, for listening anyway. yourself you know what go tell your mom tell your dad tell yeah. your cousin tell your brother Tell them to listen, and I think you'll be rewarded some, I think so somehow. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how. It doesn't make you feel good about yourself. We'll give you a shout-out. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening, and until next time, Matt, watch more movies.